Welcome to The She Word, conversations that women rarely have, but really should. And today's conversation is about women and parenting. And I'm really excited because as a non-parent, I have a lot of questions to ask. I am joined here today by Tamara Webb, who is a businesswoman. You are a social media, media influencer, but you're also a mum. And Denise who is a performer, a singer, and also a mum of a young girl of six. And we've got Melissa Gatt, who's the island mama, also a social media influencer. And you have three as well as twins. So this is absolutely crazy. So ladies, brace yourselves, because I've got some questions for you. And it's uh, no holes barred. I'm going to be asking some of those brutal questions that non-parents want to ask parents. But I'm going to start off with you, Tamara, just... Give me your parenthood journey. How, not how did you become a parent? That's a bit explicit, but how? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so that start. was my actual journey. Okay, so um, do, don't you want to know my background? Yes. Like my journey. Okay, Absolutely so all I wanted it. to be a mom for as long as I remember. So that's the first thing. So I think I always had this natural instinct. Um, when you used to ask me when I was young, what do you want to be? I always said I wanted to be a mom. Um, or as something with a pouch, like giving change. That was me. Um, so then I got married with my husband. Um, we've been together for 14 years. And as soon as we got married, I told him, I want to have, I want to, you know, uh, have a child immediately. But it took us long. It took us four years because I had a problem with my hormones and I needed fertility treatment. Um, and it was a really tough journey for me because, as I said, for as long as I, as I remembered, I wanted to be a mum. Um, but today I have a two-year-old. Her name is Pixie Rose, and she's my world. Um, it's been challenging, obviously, because I would be lying if I said I have everything put, put together in my life because <laughs> I'm everywhere. Um, <laughs> it's challenging, but a blessing. We're going to come to those challenges in just a second. Denise, your story. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, I was... At university, um, I was studying dance full time. I wanted to travel and do art around the world and take my art, like dance and singing. At the time, I wasn't studying singing as professionally as I am today. Um, so I was all about dancing and whatever. So I took a dance course at university and I fell pregnant at 19. Okay. So a year later of university, not only a year, a few months actually. Um, and obviously I decided to keep her, uh, thank God. <laughs> and I left the university for about a year and I decided I wanted to, I always had this uh, instinct to help others, not, not necessarily a motherly instinct. At the time I said I want to know that my dancing career is over before I start um, building a family or having children because my mind used to tell me like, when you have kids, your body changes, you're not flexible anymore, blah, blah, blah. My focus was always dance, not my age or I, I put my dancing first. Um, but then uh, I wasn't liking the course at the time I was in, so that was... I, I would have left the course anyway, even if I didn't fall pregnant. Um, so then I, when I, while I was pregnant, I took uh, biology uh, private lessons and I did another exam while I was pregnant, which was hell because 
to kids that age are not easy to be around. Um, so then I went into um, biology. I did my uh, exams and I went into a diploma for nursing. Fantastic. And I was, I had my child. I was then 20 because I, I had my birthday. Um, and now my mom is my savior because she keeps her while I studied, while I graduated. I changed jobs a while ago. And now my journey of being an artist as well, um, post Eurovision, has really exploded quite quickly. So I'm still trying to get used to everything. Well, we're going to come to yeah. that about the support network as well. We're going to talk about that in a second. But, I mean, congratulations. Congratulations on all your studies. And, I mean, I'm going to find out. I'm quite sure how difficult it is to do everything else whilst you're being a mum. Mm. But, Melissa, your story as well. So, my story is I came to Malta around nine years ago with my husband. Before coming here, I did not even know of Malta. <laughs> and uh, we got married quite fast after moving here. And then we were married for around three years and we decided, okay, we are ready for the next step. We we felt like we wanted to settle down a bit. Um, so then I fell pregnant with Savannah in 2016 and I had her in 2017. And it took us a while to decide to have, you know, another child because Savannah was not the easiest child. We didn't sleep. We, we really struggled in the beginning with her. And um, then... I got a sleep trainer involved, and as soon as she started sleeping, um, I felt pregnant. And um, obviously very happy. I always wanted two kids. And um, I went for my first scan. And as soon as the doctor started the ultrasound, he just went, oh! and Daniel was recording the whole thing. And I just started seeing, like, the camera shaking. <laughs> and uh, the doctor said, it's twins. And... At first, I am not going to lie, I was, I won't say I was very happy because I was so completely overwhelmed. After having one child and she was the difficult child, I thought that it was going to be exactly the same. So I was very overwhelmed. I don't have my family in Malta either. Um, anyway, fast forward, they are now two years old and I can't imagine my life without the twins. So, yes, I'm a mother of three. So a mother of three in a very short space of time. And it's yes. really interesting because you've just we've just started talking and you've each of you have mentioned challenges. Because I think as a non-parent, you sort of look at, at parenting, you know that there's challenges, you know that there's going to be things that are going to be difficult, but I wouldn't necessarily know what they are. So I'm going to come back to you and just ask you, what is, for you, has been... The biggest challenge, we're going to talk about the joys, but right now, what's the biggest challenge that you've had being so a So far, yeah. um, uh, again, as you said, you wouldn't know because I thought I was prepared. As I said, I always wanted to be a mother. I thought I was very prepared. I always had this motherly instinct and taking care of all my friends' children. But when I had mine... It is a completely different scenario. I felt so overwhelmed. It was COVID as well. So when I had um, Pixie, no one wanted to hold her. No one wanted to come and visit me. Everyone was scared. I felt lonely. I felt overwhelmed. I wanted to be the best mother as I possibly could because that's what I thought I would always be. But when she was born, I was never a mother before. This was all new. Um, I, f I feel also that as soon as you give birth, people assume you're already a mother. 
And I was still the same person as I was a day before, you know, I was my mother's daughter crying because I'm going to hospital and doing my plaits and my father kissing me on the forehead. And then I had a baby, I'm a mother. So it's overwhelming. It's in fact, when I see um, women with newborns and, and fathers, of course, I always like asking them, but how are you? Because the first reaction people have when you have the baby, oh, how cute, is she sleeping? Is she drinking well? How are you? You have been through hell. I mean, it's, I, had, I had a very positive birth experience myself, but it was still very overwhelming. I felt very alone. I won't call it postnatal depression because I don't think I, I actually had it, but I felt lonely. And I felt I had a huge responsibility, something, something, some, something that no one could prepare me for. Even when people tell you, you know, it's going to be hard, you're not going to sleep. But when it actually hits you, it's different. And the irony of it is, is that, you know, for a lot of women, that is their journey. They're going to have a, a, a child, they're going to have a family. And we've done this for millennia. Mm -hmm. And yet, for every single woman and mother... And father, of course, it's the first time. But now I feel something really special for, for women who are pregnant. Eh? I see them in a completely different light. Before I used to see women who are pregnant, it's like, oh, how sweet your time. And now I'm like, oh my God. Oh God. For you. It's, it's not because it's, it's, it's bad. Because, I mean, if I, if I had to go to the same experience now and I, if I would have a second child, I'm sure I would be much different and would be so much better, you know, because I'm prepared. It's just the newness of it all, of you having to change from one day to another. So if I had the second, I would be completely different. Well, is that, sure. is that the case? Because you, you've been a mum twice. Yeah, twice. But I also thought that the second pregnancy was going to be, you know, maybe a nicer experience. But then I ended up with Twins. two in my belly and it was intense. It we used was, to talk every day. Yes, it was so, so intense because I thought that I was quite good in the first pre pregnancy, you know, I rested when I wanted to. And the second pregnancy, you can't rest. And I had two, which meant double the fatigue, double the size. It was, it was very, very tough. But so, did you have the learnings that, that Tamara's just Was said, it easier? You, yes. After having them? Yes. And even if there was two extra, it was easier because I did not feel on edge and, you know, I didn't faff too much over them because I they're not made out of porcelain you know but you kind of treat it that way when it's your first because it is your first time you know so the second time around I would say that it was easier in that sense um you know and COVID didn't help exactly I, mean, I used to spray the bag I used to wipe the bag three times a day and make sure everything is properly sterilized if a midwife came to my house I used to give her covers for her shoes I was obsessed that she would get COVID even even my mother used to come and, and visit me and she used to stay behind the glass door and I used to cry. I felt really detached from the world and my friends and it's sort of you lose, a, you lose yourself a little bit. But it's because of COVID mainly as well. Is it because of COVID? That's exactly what I wanted to say now because we gave birth uh, two weeks, weeks apart. Weeks apart. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and I did not care that much about COVID because I was very relaxed with them. But again, if it was my first, I think I would have. So I, I treated it more relaxed. I think the second time around, I would, I would let my parents, you know, see the twins and Daniel's parents see the twins, but they were in a bubble. So I made sure of that. But other than that, I, I don't think I faffed too much the second time around. Denise, your situation is completely different because I'm assuming 
uh, being a, that you were at university, your pregnancy wasn't planned. No. And your pregnancy. <laughs> so what, is it as obvious as saying your biggest challenge was that you had to then put your education on hold? Or what, what did you, or, or was it your peers? What did so, you find is the biggest challenge? There were so many challenges other than the child herself. Um, I think there was the challenge of me thinking about my future, like what I want to do, because I changed careers. I went from dancing to, oh, um, I, sh I should go to nursing. It's, it's stable. It's a good job. It's, it's good for my kid. I love it, so might as well. But then I had to study, and it's quite the, the, the task to study while you have a child and to do nursing because it's quite a tough subject. Um, so that was one. The studying on itself was already a challenge. I, I too felt lonely. I, I had postnatal depression. I was depressed during the pregnancy as well. So I had a really easy pregnancy. Nothing was wrong. I was never uh, in pain or anything. It was fine. I was never throwing up or anything. It was seamless. It would be a dream if she were planned. It's a shock. It's just I never got over it. My sister and my mom had to plan and buy stuff for me because I was like this all the time. Um, so that's the, and I, I was lonely in a sense, not, I was detached. I had a lot of help and everyone came to, to see her and there was no COVID existing. So I was fine in that aspect, but I felt lonely because I was 20. All my friends were going out on the weekend and I was there, you know? So this leads me on to a question that is such a big deal for a non-parent. Because you were talking about the fact that you had to not just adapt to having a child, but you had to completely change your life. So I'm going to ask you a really brutal question. And this applies to you, Melissa, and also to you, Tamara. Is there ever been a point where you resented being a parent, being a mum? Yours wasn't planned, but was there any point where you could, if you could have done, you would have turned the tide around and put the clocks back and done it differently? Yes and no, um, because you feel guilty saying it, but it's true. I mean, I was young, I was unprepared, I never wanted, I never had that urge for children anyway. So it's it's different, and I I, I had a t completely different career path in my brain for myself since I was a young girl. So. Um, so yes, I I had to change everything. So I thought like it would be easier if I didn't. So there was some, perhaps there's been at points, some resentment. Mm. Melissa, you planned your family. You didn't plan twins. No. <laughs> but has there ever been a point where you'd put them back if you could? Yes, with all three of them, but it wouldn't last very long. I think it's when things become overwhelming then you kind of feel like, oh, well, it would be very easy if they were not here. But then as soon as you think that, then you almost ask yourself, how can you think that, you know? But obviously, I mean, you are also your own person with your own life. And you, I mean, every every human being is a little bit selfish as well. And when you become a parent, you have to become selfless. Mm. And when things... That's true. Yes. yes. And when when 
you know, things become overwhelming. Sometimes you just want that time alone a bit. You know, you want to go to the bathroom alone. You want to be able to lie down on the bed, even if it's just for five minutes. So there, there has been times where I just, I mean, my husband and I would say it, you know, like, oh, we just don't want a parent today. And I, I don't feel bad for saying that, but um, obviously I don't want to feel like that. But you do get times where you do feel like that. And you, I think it's you, normal. You tried really hard for your daughter, but do you ever want to have a non-parenting day? Well, you don't want to be a parent today. You have a day where you but don't want to be a parent. I think that feeling is, is normal. It's like when you work and you're working really hard for something, I just wish you, you weren't working that day. It's normal because it, there's a lot of commitment. But so far, I never felt it. She's two years old. I'm still very fresh. Um, I love her company. So, so far, <laughs> I cannot say that, you know. Um, but obviously, she, when she grows up, who knows? She might be very difficult to, to raise. I don't know. But so far, so far, it's fine. You also, both of you guys raised a point, and I'm going to start with you on this one, because you mentioned having that me time. And you're, and this also encroaches on the subject of identity. And we spoke about this before we started recording, because I have a friend who is a new parent and adamant that she should still be recognized as she is for what she does and not be put into that parent bracket. But... For the two hours before we came mm -hmm. onto this show, you ladies were sitting around talking about being a mum, talking about your kids. And it's one thing that you have in common. Do you ever feel that you've lost your identity or you do lose your identity mm. or that people perceive that you are Tamara Webb, the mum, rather than Tamara Webb, the individual, the businesswoman, everything else? Um, obviously, I'm quite active on social media. So I think people who know me and who follow me know that it's not just about being a mum. But in the beginning, it is just being a mum sometimes because you have to feed them every three hours. You have to change them every three hours. Um, everything is new for you. So in the beginning, I can't say that I didn't lose myself because I did. You know, I used to find myself crying. And I didn't know why. And I used to tell my mother, but why am I crying? I'm happy. I have a baby. It is all I ever wanted. But deep down, I knew it's because my life changed completely. I wasn't, was I ready to um, accept that I couldn't work anymore at the time? Because I couldn't at the time. It's like I wasn't, I didn't have time. My focus for the day is sleeping. Um, uh, no, I didn't sleep. Um, waking up in the morning and sleeping in the evening was always thinking about feeding my daughter, sterilizing the bottles. Um, why is she crying? Have to change the diaper. Um, her nap time. Oh, she doesn't sleep in her nap time. This is your, your, your first few weeks. But obviously you wouldn't know that things will change. You know, mm -hmm. after six months, babies settle and you will settle with them. So everything is new and you're still learning. So that's why I said before, it's not all about the baby. The biggest change is the parents. So the biggest struggle is Yourself. how they're feeling when they have a newborn, which is not the same for everyone. I mean, I had um, friends who had newborns and they felt nothing like how I felt, but I guess it, everyone has a different journey as well. I just, since I was always a very busy person and I was very consumed with my business, you know, my husband is very busy as well. We're always on the go. Even just having that newborn and I couldn't go to the supermarket just because I wanted to made me feel hopeless. I wasn't strong enough. I mean, obviously, as I said, I w we were b during COVID, so I didn't feel safe to go out with my newborn. She was very tiny as well. Um, it was just overwhelming. I'm hearing lots of ums from you over here. Because Even just you're dressing up. You're agreeing, huh? Yes, for me, it was a bit different because I don't think anyone knew me before becoming a mom. You know, I started 
just blogging about my life once I became a mom, hence my name, you know, um, well, my, my Instagram name. <laughs> um, and I feel like constantly I'm trying to prove who I am when I'm not a mom, you know, because I am also my own person. So I really, I, I feel like I struggle to, um, you know, separate the two um, because I feel like I am looked at as a mom and a mom only. And but that's the dichotomy. Melissa, you're... Hash, your name is I know, I'm a mama. I know, yeah. I know. You put yourself out there as a mum. I know, but that was also five and a half years ago, or six years ago, and during that time I've grown and I've changed and I also want to be my own person, you know, and I didn't think that it was going to go anywhere. The reason I started my blog was because I had no friends in Malta with kids, so I felt super, super lonely. I didn't even have friends back in South Africa with kids. I didn't have my parents with me. So I kind of wanted to start something where I could relate to other people and where we could kind of, you know, bounce, exchange stories bounce, uh, and stuff. Yes. And we did. Exactly. That's the beauty of social media. Exactly. I, I feel like it really helped me. But in the meantime, I'm still struggling to kind of, you know, let people see who I am, you know. You know what's really interesting? I'm sitting here and I'm listening to to three mums who have very much bonded over this podcast, over this topic, but who are from such different viewpoints. Yeah. Because, of course, you were known for being Tamara Webb way, way before you became a mum and you have, you've had your experience through being a mum and probably, Denise, Definitely. going by your socials, and, of course, that's how most people know each other, I would not even have known that you're a mum because you are very specific about keeping your identity, Denise. I, I have to to remind people I'm a mum. I, I didn't know what I had asked you. Everyone, like, first they ask if I'm God's ten. They're like, oh, you're God's ten, oh, my God. And oh then my. the second, uh, you don't seem like a God's ten. God knows why. Um, anyway, um, it's always a, a hot question. And then the second one would be like, um, you have a child. Oh, how old is she? And then when I say she's turning six, six? Like she's this... They just do the math. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like... Shh, 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 shh. Yeah. And uh, yes, I have to... Con I'm on the other way around. I have to constantly prove to people that I'm a mom. But what about proving to yourself? How is your identity? Well, I think my my dynamic is different since I I was a, a single mother and I still am. So, um, but her her father is present in her life, so it's different. Um, I have to have two lives all the time because when I'm in Malta, since she's in Gozo and I have her a lot with my parents. When I'm here, I'm Denise A, and when I'm back home, I'm Denise B. So I completely have these two lives, almost, um, and they don't really cross over. They don't really collide unless she's at events with me or they come watch me sing or whatever. So when I'm in Malta, I have events, I have interviews, I go to work, blah, 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 blah. I'm Denise. And then when I cross over to Gojo, I have... Um, I have to go to church with my kid at 4 p.m. and she has a stagecoach and she has this and she has school and she has homework. And but I think most of us are like that as well. Don't you feel you're, you're 
two people sometimes like when I go to meetings and when I'm out it's different than when I'm with her but you go back yeah. home and yes she's you there. don't go back home yes it's true I mm. I, I I rent in mm-hmm. Malta so when I go home I'm still working on my laptop I work till 2am uh-huh, that's different and yeah it's totally different. I feel like, you know, you, you're seeing me here. Then I go home, I put my hair up. Yes, I take yes. my clothes off. I'm like, hey, let's do Play-Doh. Yeah. And I'm completely different person. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I will laugh. I mean, me and my husband, sometimes we laugh. And we say, what's happened to us? Yeah. <laughs> we say that as well. Is this poor? Is this chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that, let me ask you, what has happened to you as a couple? Because bringing an extra person into the mm-hmm. dynamic, even if she was really longed for, must have had that an was one of the most challenging parts in the first year me and my husband are very close we have been best friends for 13 years before she came now we've been together for 14 years so all we knew was attention for each other we traveled a lot we went out on dates um 30 minutes before a movie we, we left home like let's put on tracks on let's go and see a movie so we were very carefree um and obviously when we had Pixie, it was a completely different approach because my attention had to go to her. Um, and it's not that that men, I mean, I don't want to make this sound sexist or anything, but I think because we have them inside us, we're more maternal immediately when we have the baby. So I felt that sort of protection towards her. And I used to see, obviously, there's, there's a difference. You cannot really go out whenever you want now. Um, we don't even sleep in our bed whenever we want now. So it's, it's different. There is a certain... You know, it's, it's, it's sort of intrusive through the relationship. But then there are other magical moments which add up to, to a couple, obviously, who have, who have a child. But yes, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel, even just even... watching a movie. You, you cannot <laughs> exactly, just you go on the sofa watch a movie because no, there's you have to wait. a sleeping routine. You have to feed them. Yeah. Brush um, your teeth. Exactly. Pee before you sleep. Yeah. Daniel even said that oh. after having savannah it took him a couple of months you know because like tamara said we have them inside of us you know so you immediately you you know of their presence they're inside of you you are maternal immediately whereas for them it becomes gradual you know it's it's a gradual process after they are born and i i could see with daniel it took around a year and i think physically as well when we Oh, you have to make an effort after you have a child. Don't touch me. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like that. Me I too. had, can I say, like, my boobs, my engorgement was... We were talking about this before. the roof. I mean, you couldn't even come close to because I would tell you, don't stand close to because they're hurting just looking at them. It was crazy. So, yes, that changes. I mean, the, the you know, the physical, the attraction, the way you look at yourself. Yeah. Um, especially that part. Yeah, especially that part. Even because if you tell me, really oh, you look care. gorgeous, you know, but I'm like, no, mm. I don't. No, not only. I, um, I, 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 don't know how, I don't know how, how explicit we can. I was scared to poop. Yes. Yeah, to pee. Oh, Even oh my me. God. Stop a second, stop a second. You can be as explicit as you like, yeah. but why were you scared to poo? Because it's... I had put it up on my stories. Yeah. You're scared that you're going to spit on yeah. the poop. Not the poop, okay? I said on my stories, like, why has no one told me how painful it is to pee? Yes, it burns. Oh, yeah. It burns. Wait, I was scared to poop because it felt like my body was going to split in half of... <laughs> oh, my God. 
yes. whoever is pregnant. I'm yes, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm I promise it. Yes. <laughs> I promise it's magical. I, I had a very good um, experience, birthing experience, okay? Because I don't want anyone who um, pregnant who's like, oh my God, my life is going to win. It lasts for only a few weeks. Exactly. Okay? So... It's just the beginning. No, sorry. Okay. Non-parent <laughs> is now looking at you ladies going, I Explain. am seriously concerned. So you have problems pooping and peeing after you give birth. For how long? I think it, it lasted two weeks for me. I was scared to sit on, on, on the on the on the toilet itself but before this I had is, any sensations why does nobody poop? tell you this? I know I did not and then when, when I was you know suffering to pee and then my mother was like yes, yes that's normal I, I, why didn't you tell me I'm like what did you and, and in fact if I have a friend who's pregnant I wouldn't go up to her ah now wait till you exactly wait till you, will you give birth because then you can't pee why why I think it's something that you have to go through because you won't be prepared and, and, and not everyone well, goes through it listening to this knows it <laughs> now Listen, everyone but not everyone goes through it you know I I, in fact, never actually shared my birthing experience online because I, I, I feel that mine was very positive, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes you feel bad saying that, listen, I went in, um, I thought I was imagining that it's a gym session and I went to push, I went there mine to get that baby that. out. And I went with that mindset and it was positive. It was fun. We were loved and pain. I was in pain. You know, I had contractions like everybody else, but it was a positive experience. I will never forget. But then when I tell my story to maybe others who Might had a horrible have. experience, yeah. mine, you know, and that I, I feel really bad. I had good and bad though. So for me, the natural, amazing C-section disaster. And usually they say it's the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Because why? Well, I think usually the healing period for C-section is around six weeks. For me, it was three months. So around, I would say, December. I gave birth in, in uh, August. December, I started feeling a bit better. So it was, and there was obviously two babies as well. So I had to pick them up, which you shouldn't really do. Three children yes. and two, two of those being babies, newborns. Mm -hmm. you, you had a difficult pregnancy birth. Uh, I was induced. Even me. Even so me as they well. amped up my hormones instantly to have a fast birth. I went in at eight, starting my process at around eight thirty, and by one I was done. And usually between uh, contractions, you have breaks. I don't know about you guys. So you have one, a contraction, you wait, you get another no, one. No, I was induced. They build slowly. Nothing. It was one, just one big contraction. And I don't remember half of it. Completely erased. Bye. So if these are the areas of pregnancy, we're talking about pregnancy now, that are not known before you enter. And you have a really good point because perhaps if every woman knew that, that, that would be the end of the human race. Uh, but mm. what, are the, what are the unexpected, can you put your finger on what's unexpected about parenthood? that you didn't know about, that you did not, the biggest surprise that's like, I, I had no idea about I have that. one. The heartbreak. Because sometimes they pop the strangest questions and then you're like, oh, I know you're like an innocent little girl and you didn't mean to hurt me, but that stung. I don't know about you because yours is still young. No, I don't, I, uh, but, but, but I worry about that already. But like a what? Like a, how do you mean? I... I don't know. For example, if I'm at home and I'm working, I work on my phone. 
So when I work from home, she can't understand the fact that I'm working on my phone. For her, I'm just ignoring her. And she's like, um, there's no use in you coming to Gozo if you're on your phone. And I'm like, ouch, I'm working. So I'm like, my heart. <laughs> but she, she's just, just play with me. Like, remove your phone. This is something phone. that... Um, Look, when I when I had Pixie, and obviously she was a newborn, she couldn't. She was like this, so she couldn't really interact. I could already sense the guilt of the things I said to my mother when I was young, because I love her so much to death. So I think that's the most overwhelming feeling, the love I have for her. And sometimes I I, I tell my husband, "Is this how I'm going to feel for all my life?" Because it's the worrying, the the responsibility there's too much love towards her and as soon as I had her I said why did I say certain things to my mother I am her world she she loves me she adores me but I only understood how much she loves me when I had her so I mean I know she loved me Mm -hmm. you know I don't but you become closer to your mom I think after you have children my mom is obsessed with her she kind of forgets me sometimes but she's obsessed so she's her world obviously I mean um but she's wanted her, her for a side. long, long time as well. Um, so she's she she was she, we were we're all waiting for her very eagerly. Um, but yes, it's that overwhelming feeling of love and worrying and not being able to protect them forever. That worries me so much. I'm not looking forward to when she starts. I don't to know. Go I out. already overthink about that. Yes, I'm like, oh, how yeah. how am I going to be the cool mom that lets her go out and trusts her and not send her messages every five minutes? Are you dead? <laughs> are you still alive for example my mother drugs? my mother used to come pick me up from Pajaville when I was younger at midnight and I used to tell her but why are you coming for me at midnight when all my friends go home with buses you know I want to be like the cool kids mm. going uh. with a bus from Pajaville which is normal right but my mother was actually waking up with her hair like from bed coming to pick myself up and my friend to take her her home and at that time I didn't used to um, appreciate it I used to think oh but I have to leave 30 minutes earlier because my mother is coming for me I would slap my 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 face my face now like I would slap myself Mm -hmm. like why because now I know that and and Pixie's just two years but I do so much for her already and it would hurt if she would tell me you know um why are you coming uh, to childcare for me I'm like that's so, why it stung when she asked, when she told me such a thing because I had to like switch jobs and make it easier to, for me to to work from home and uh, I I take a ferry to go there cancel stuff with my friends because all my friends are in in, mm-hmm. in Malta my boyfriend's in Malta as well so the things I do just to go home. And be there for her and like switch work around. Even my boss does things for her and she doesn't even And know. mind you, everyone does this. All parents do this. It's, it's, it's n- so every time now I see parents, that's what I see in my mind. Ah, the responsibility, the love. Even when I meet different children. Now I see children and different perspective. Even when we're at the park, he's someone's child. Mm-hmm. And he's so loved. I think time management was the um, challenge I was going to say. I think we better ask Melissa for time management. (laughs) The biggest challenge or the biggest... Well, you've been nodding along with Denise and with Tamara because you're obviously in agreement. And this is what's lovely about this discussion is that there are 
touch points where you three ladies have just gone vroom. Yeah, I agree with that. I see that. I get that. And you are from such vastly different backgrounds. But your challenge, the, the, the thing, not necessarily the challenge, but the thing that you didn't know before you became a parent that now you're like, blow me down. I wish I'd known that. Guilt. Mm-hmm. Like incredible amount of guilt. Um, I don't think everyone is necessarily like that, but I think most people struggle with guilt because you question yourself whether you are doing it the right way or not. And there's no right or wrong way. Obviously, there's no book about it, how you should do it. But I find myself constantly thinking like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be telling them this? How should I deal with this situation? And I'm constantly feeling guilty about Mm -hmm. everything. It does get a bit better, but... Yeah, the guilt is intense. But if there's, in your mind, a question of, um, am I doing it right? Is this, am I feeling guilty because I might be getting it wrong? How do you alleviate that? How do you check that you're getting it right? You have a situation where your parents are thousands of miles away. They're a little bit closer now because they moved to Portugal, which helps. But um... Is it apparent? Is that where your first touch point is? Because you've just mentioned your your mum coming to pick you up in uh, in Parcheville. <laughs> yeah. Is is your parent, your your mum, is that your first touch point of, am I getting this right? Am I doing this Definitely. right? Definitely. Yes. Uh, yes. But um, she's overprotective and I'm a, a bit more lenient as a character. She's very overprotective. So for her, everything she's doing is also wrong. So Aww. it wouldn't help me. Mm. Um, uh, yes, she, she feels the guilt, my mother. She has a lot going on. She takes care of my grandparents. She works. She wants to take care of us. She wants to cook for us. She wants to take care of Pixie. So my mother is like... Taking care of everyone. Everyone. Everyone around her. Um, so, and she feels the guilt still. She feels the guilt that she's not being the, the perfect daughter. She's not being the perfect mom. She's not being the... So I, 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 I cannot sometimes take... Um, her advice on everything because she panics immediately. If my daughter has a, is bitten by a mosquito, it's the end of the world, you know? Oh. And, and I'm a bit more, it's a mosquito. Yeah. I, I try because I'll go crazy if mm. not, you know? This, this guilt, I had never oh. even thought that this would be an issue. It's intense. I, uh-huh. I and I think even society me. nowadays. But I think, I think that is the problem. I am quite lenient on milestones. We spoke about it before. Mm. Um, I think nowadays, and not just on social media, not about influencers, it's just even Humans. books. Yeah. Everywhere you go. People talk about milestones all the time. So if you're three, you have to be potty trained. Yeah. If, you, if you're two, you have to start talking. If you're 30, you have to be married with kids. There's always, always like a milestone it's of life. True. And everyone is pressured by this you know something Unspoken. to reach that yeah. you have to reach i thankfully obviously I, I think because of my past as well i learned that i cannot plan things you know when i wanted to have children i couldn't and i needed to work hard to have children um also it's about mindset um when you go through a bad phase the best thing you can do is find a hobby find something to forget about the situation you're, you're going through like i wouldn't have my own business if i if i had gotten pregnant immediately for example so I wouldn't have had the balance queen today if I would have been pregnant immediately. So when I couldn't conceive and when I had problems with my hormones, I said, it's either I'm going to pity myself, stay in bed, worry about it, cry about it all the time, or else I'm going to find something to fill my time with and forget about the situation until it improves. And it took me four years. It took me 
two years to, to come up with the first journal and the whole branding. And then when I was pregnant, I was designing another journal just because I was anxious when I was pregnant. It's like a product of anxiety. No, because I couldn't believe yeah. I was pregnant. You know, I told my mother, I didn't even tell my mother immediately. And my mother is my best friend. Mm. I, it was like, um, I don't know. I so, couldn't believe it. So if your mother, in your instance, your mother is overprotective of your daughter. I know that your mother is a very key part of, of your uh, journey with your daughter and your parents have moved across to be closer to you. Uh, obviously, that's an important part. But you also mentioned about this guilt of not getting things right, of, mm. th of questioning yourself all the time. So where is your point of reference? Where does any mother find her point of reference to find peace about her journey with her children? I think I, I, for me, I think I, I touch base with my mom all the time. In my eyes, she's the perfect mom and I want to be like her. But she causes half my guilt. Oh my goodness. Just because of yes. that. Because I, I am not as present as I wish in my daughter's life. So that's, that's the guilt already there. But isn't that something to do with the fact that we aren't in the same generation as your mum? It's mom? true, it's true. But in my eyes, I was raised in the most perfect way possible and I want to provide that to my child. I am in a way because she's helping me raise my child. But then there comes more guilt because I'm not as present as I wish to be. So I'm, uh, there's this whole concoction of different things ways of feeling guilty you were obviously nodding away there Melissa you're relating to that yes because I also look at my mom exactly the same and I always feel like I can't live up to what she was like for my brother and I and I want to but it's like you said it's also difficult because it's a completely different generation mm -hmm. and we've got different challenges now and I think the challenges that we have right now is quite hectic and that's challenges that they didn't have back then but when I look at the way that I was raised, that's what I want for my children as well. And I put my mom up on this pedestal mm -hmm. and I feel like sometimes I can't, you know. Reach. But yes. even though your mom had two and you've got three, three and you've yeah. got twins and you'd still compare yourself. Yes. This is a lot of pressure, ladies. You yes. Put yourself yes. Under. So many pressures. <laughs> well, I think it comes naturally with the package. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not so bad because I believe, I, I, I know, I, believe, I know you both that yeah. you do the best yeah and i think what what children need is love and care you don't know what what's going to happen when they grow up but i think i i give my all i i give my all to her and i give my all to myself i know i want my goals to be reached as well but i find balance to be there for her completely so it's more about finding the balance balance queen balance queen <laughs> so would that be which I don't always have, by the way. <laughs> would that, would that, would that, wish. that be, if you could pass on a word of advice mm -hmm. to any mum-to-be or a new mum or even an experienced mum, if you could put, pass on a, a thought, would that be it? Find balance? What would be your legacy? Yes, find balance. Don't lose yourself. Um, keep your goals on fire because at the end of the day, they will grow up. They will be your best friends, hopefully, I wish. I hope that she will be my best friend. But at the end of the day, I would have my own life then as well. Um, and I just hope that I can be as close as possible to her and talk to her and that she'll be safe to come to me with any problem she has. That's my goal. 
That's a fantastic goal for you. What, what, Denise, what's your... Mine is always the same because I've had this conversation um, on, on different platforms and they always ask this. And I think it's trust yourself. Like you're, you're a mom and you have your own instincts. Other moms are different. They have their instincts. They have their background. They have their lives. Their children are different to yours. And even uh, I'm referring to when they're super young, like don't do the bottle this way. It's better to use this snappy than this snappy. Oh my God. Trust yourself and your instinct and just, just go ahead with what your heart and mind tell you because you want your best for your child. Let's say just trust yourself and your husband if he's in it with in the journey as well because it's not only you. Melissa? I definitely agree with the girls and I also think I need to practice what I preach but not to put too much pressure on yourself because that can make or break you as well. And I think that as a mother and as a father, you need to be able to look after yourself first before looking after the kids. Because if you are not going to look after yourself, you are not going to be the type of mother that you want to be for your kids. If you are not well fed, if you are not exercising, if you are not sleeping, it's going to pour into what you give to them, you know. So I do feel like it's very important to look after yourself as well. And I don't think you should feel guilty for that. Ladies, I have to tell you something. I haven't touched one of the questions on the sheet. So we're going to have to do this all again. Can we do this again? Can we have another Women in Parenthood show? At least that would justify the time I spent investigating and writing. But thank you so much. I, I am really stunned, surprised, thrilled and shocked at your responses and your answers. And I think... It's a huge contribution to anybody who's going along the same journey, empowering other women to deal with their emotions and their experiences. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.